Hello, and welcome to The Brownstone with Jara Monique. I'm your host, Jara, and this is the show where we explore how people experience and engage with different aspects of life from their varied perspectives, all while sharing some laughs, some gags, and some advice. On today's episode, it is another solo one, so you guys are getting all of me today and all of you on this lovely, beautiful Valentine's Day weekend in which I am recording. And today's episode is going to be about something different I haven't done before, but it's going to be about TV shows um, and film, particularly TV couples and romantic pairings that I have loved through the ages. So All right. So before we get into the episode, I just want to once again, thank you all for listening to the Brownstone podcast with Jara Monique. Um, As always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. Um, You can subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Ghana. um, We're on pretty much all the platforms on iHeartRadio, um, Amazon, Google Podcasts, we're everywhere. And I'm also going to be uploading the podcast to YouTube. So if that's like a, a platform that you like to use because you like to listen to audio that way, then I will be uploading the episodes to YouTube um, starting this week. So please stay tuned and I'll be putting um, previous episodes up there. And the channel is Jara Monique. That's J-A-R-A-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. That's me, your girl, Jara. Um, and yeah, you can share on social media. That's always super, super helpful. Um, I'm sure you guys hear this all the time, but it helps with all the algorithms um, in terms of the podcast being um, shared across like all these streaming platforms and appearing on lists and appearing on, you know, nude podcast, <laughs> nude, yes, nude podcast, no, on new podcasts to listen to and check out. And that's all just super, super helpful. So I really appreciate you guys doing that. And everyone that has shared, um, everyone that has posted the podcast to their stories or even just subscribed. I'm so, so, so grateful. And everyone who's sharing word of mouth as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate every single one of you um, so much. (laughs) And yeah, now that, you know, that is out of the way, um, we can get into the episode. And, you know, normally the show is broken up into three segments. What's the meaning? The stoop and the roundup. But today, because it's a solo episode, it's a holiday weekend. And, you know, to be completely transparent with you guys, I have like fallen off my schedule in terms of recording. And so I have some recording sessions lined up, but, you know, just, I hope y'all know it is Mercury retrograde right now. And my laptop died on me in the middle of recording um, because I forgot to plug her in. Yes, go me. Okay, so as I was saying, in being transparent with you all, I have fallen off my schedule for recording. I have been, I don't know, in this sort of like stagnant phase pretty much since the new year started where um, I have been trying to figure out what it is that I'm doing with my life um, and what it is that I 
hope to do and accomplish. And I am getting um, to a space where I just have, I have more concrete ideas about what that is um, career wise and uh, for the podcast and outside of the podcast, which I'm incredibly happy about. But um, in doing that, there's still just like a lot of strategizing that I have to do and a lot of planning and figuring out like, how am I going to pay for the things that I want to do? And where will I be doing it? Um, So this year is going to be like, I don't know, a year where I kind of focus and buckle down on really just um, long-term planning, but also starting to implement those, those plans, which I am excited about, but you know, anyone that has been in the planning phase, like, I, I feel like you, you know what that's like. It's like you, you have the idea and you're just like ready to go, but you can't just like jump in first without, you know, being prepared. And that's kind of like a habit that I have, um, of just jumping, of just leaping into shit and just being like, oh, well, it'll work out. I'll figure it out, which, you know, fortunately enough I have, but I am trying to do things a little differently, a little more maturely and, definitely plan. Like I know, um, you have to be flexible with all plans and they always say like, tell God your plans and like watch him laugh. So I'm not, you know, trying to be too, um, strict in them, but I do want to just have an idea of where it is that I want to go and how I plan on getting there and how I plan on sustaining myself. And of course, you know, being flexible to what may happen and, you know, how that might change and in what ways, but, I can't predict any of that, obviously. So yeah, I've been just trying to plan, (laughs) plan my life, figure that out, um, and get, you know, my finances in order and also heal my heart from like, just, I don't know, loving someone who for all intents and purposes did not love me back in the same way. And so like that sucks. And I'm just like trying to, reconcile that and um also just do this podcast which I love and which I'm so incredibly grateful that I get to do and that I get to share and have this space with you all but um yeah I do want to keep putting out more content better content better audio and I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do that um and yeah it's it's kind of gotten me a little in over my head I'm not gonna lie like (laughs) I'm just like, it's a lot. Um, And I know I need to take it, you know, one bit by bit, piece by piece. But like I said, I'm sort of like a just jump and see. So I'm just trying to do all of it at one time by myself. I don't know why, but that's something else, you know, I'm going to work and figure out. But, you know, having options is never a bad thing. So I know I'm incredibly blessed in that way. But yeah, so I have kind of fallen off in scheduling things. And that's why I've just been doing more solo episodes, just because like, I don't really have to schedule anything with myself. I can just get on here and record, which is what I am doing. But I hope that I'm also still providing content that you all will enjoy and that you all will take something from and hopefully add to um, as well. So please let me know. I would love your feedback. You can send that in via social media or to the email at the brownstone podcast at gmail.com. And just let me know, like, are, are you digging the solo episodes? What are some topics that you maybe would like for me to have 
um, to discuss on this show or to have guests on to discuss if there's any words that you in your personal life have um, wanted to hear more about other people's experiences with and explore and what's the meaning, then, you know, I would love that feedback as well. Cause this is sort of like collaborative and I love that I too do this with, you know, so many wonderful people in my life and meet new people by doing this. But I'm also grateful that I get to do it, you know, just me on here too. So yeah, that long spiel, I don't know really where I'm going with this, but I just wanted to let y'all know that <laughs> your girl is falling off a little bit, but be getting back on it. Okay. Be getting back to it. And, you know, hopefully March will just be stronger and just have more um, consistent guest and things like that of that nature. But yeah, this episode is going to be, as I mentioned, um, about romantic pairings and couplings in TV and film that I have just loved for um, so long. And, you know, as I also mentioned, it is a holiday weekend. I'm recording this on Saturday, February 13th, which is, you know, officially, unofficially Galentine's Day, which, okay. And (laughs) as a single person, I've spent many a Valentine's Day, like just, I guess, alone, but I've not felt, I think, any type of way about it that I can really pinpoint. So it's not necessarily like a sad day for me or a sad weekend for me since it happens to fall on the but it's more so I'm at the space now where I'm like, I would like to share, you know, something like this with someone with a partner. Um, I finally feel ready to do that, you know, which you may have heard throughout all these episodes leading up to this about like vulnerability and intimacy and boundaries and grace and all that stuff. So therapy, which I keep mentioning. So I do feel like I am ready, but I also am appreciative of where I am right now and, you know, all that I've been through to get me to this space. But there have been so many like romantic pairings and romantic couples that have like gotten me (laughs) to this place and for good and bad and, you know, indifferent who I've taken things from, you know, which I don't know, you probably should never um, idolize or take from like fictional pairings because there's always something problematic and troubling in each and probably every single one of these pairings that I'm going to mention. But um, I don't know, there's a lot of learning that comes through these things, or at least a lot of learning that I myself have done through watching um, the development of these couples and these characters, which um, has led me to realize like, oh, yeah, don't want that. Oh, yeah, I do want that. Or, oh, no, I should be mindful of that. So things of that nature. But this is also just meant to be like a fun sort of shit talking episode. So, (laughs) yeah. All right, y'all. This is take motherfucking three. Okay. I had to stop (laughs) again because my heat came on and I don't know if y'all heard that, but it was clanging and singing in the background and it was so loud that I just could not uh, keep recording. So I had to just pause, take a break. I grabbed something to eat. I just took a shower, like, and now I'm back and now I'm ready. And Mercury is in retrograde. I am in my feelings, but this episode will get done. (laughs) So as I was saying uh, before, traditionally the show is broken up into three parts. What's the meaning, the stoop, 
and the roundup. But for this episode, I'm just not going to follow any format and we're just going to dive in. We're just going to chat. We're just going to talk, you know, TV and film couples that I love. Um, And if you are a first time listener, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Brownstone. But yeah, maybe go back and like listen to some earlier episodes first to kind of get the the rhythm of the show because this is sort of non-traditional format today. But, you know, check out Wide Open Spaces with Dashiell. Um, Check out What About Your Friends with Nicole and Nancy. Check out This Your Moment with Duncan and Erica. Um, There's a lot, a lot of really great episodes. Uh, So, yes, you can go back and listen. You can start from the beginning. Uh, But, yeah, this episode is kind of going to be a little detour from, from normal. And that's fine. It's a solo episode. We could do that with these. So yeah, so let's get into it, por fin. Um, so I'm gonna start by saying some of <laughs> some of my favorite like romantic tropes, and this is probably like a signifier for like my own romantic life. But um, my favorite like couple romantic you know TV tropes are enemies to lovers, like. I eat that shit up. I love it. Enemies to lovers and like friends to lovers, like those slow burn season to season, will they, won't they type of deals is like my kryptonite. Like I live for it as much as I hate it because I am someone who like lacks patience when it comes to TV and um, film. And I kind of like, I need to know what's going to happen. And (laughs) one of the beautiful things about streaming uh, for me has been the ability to like jump around and I know don't, you know, yell at me or anything, but I do have a tendency to jump around. I will like jump ahead of season. I will jump ahead of episode or two just to see what's going to (laughs) happen. Or I will fast forward through like the uninteresting bits or like characters that I'm not particularly fond of. Um, I will fast forward through their scenes if I feel like it's not moving the plot forward or whatever, or if I still have a basic understanding of what's going to happen. Cause I also um, pride myself on being able to like guess a lot of plots um, from shows and stuff like that. So yeah, I know it's, it's not like my favorite quality about myself, but it's also, it's whatever I I can't take suspense. Like I need to know, but at the same time I live for like those like moments of just like tension. And when, you know, things start to change, when they start to trust each other and they start to share and they start to open up like, Oh my God, I live, I live, I live, I live. So with that in mind. Okay. And also this is going to contain spoilers for TV shows. So spoiler alert, um, and maybe for films as well, but Okay. One of my most favorite TV couples, and this is in no particular order, but one of my most favorite, Rick and Michonne from The Walking Dead. Like, where do we begin with the perfection that is Denai Guerrera? Like, please, she's fucking everything. And Michonne literally made the show for me. So I didn't start watching The Walking Dead like when it first premiered on AMC. I got into it when it was maybe already four seasons in, five seasons in, and I binged it on Netflix. And I binged it because I had come across um, 
something about Michonne, probably something about Rick and Michonne and like the Tumblr fandom, which shout out to Tumblr. Um, And from there, I was like, I need to know what is happening with these people because just from like the gifs and like the clips or whatever that had been put together at that point, I was like, what is this tension? And why am I so willing to explore (laughs) this? So Rick and Michonne, it's like one of the most beautiful, beautiful slow burn relationships, enemies to lovers, like spoiler alert, but um, they start obviously with a huge amount of mistrust for one another. And it's really through like Carl, Carl, that they um, find a common ground to really have someone that they both love sort of like unconditionally that sort of brings them together and through that they're able to like over time just realize how important the other one has come like become to them and like when they finally oh my god finally I think it's like season seven when they finally have that moment on the couch after like a long day and Rick has spent the whole day trying to get Michonne toothpaste and like how how perfect is that like he was subconsciously just doing something for her, something that he knew would make her happy without any sort of realization of like why there was no other motivation for him other than I need to get this toothpaste because Michonne wants it. And like, that is so beautiful. And of course he doesn't get the toothpaste, but he gets her like some mints and they're just sitting on the couch and they're like, talking about their day and they're looking at the baby on the little baby monitor. And he just like, he's like, Oh, you know, I got these for you. Very like nonchalantly. It doesn't mention that he's like almost died like three times just to get her, you know, some breath mints. And he just hands her the mints and he grabs her hand. And it's just this like slow pause on their hands as they just like interlace, like just naturally and it is like the most beautiful, perfect because <laughs> it had been building up for like four seasons at that point. And you're just like, oh my God. And oh, the Jesse drama, which, ugh. but for it to just happen like that so organically was just so wonderful. And they're like the power couple of the apocalypse, which you don't get much better than that. So Rick and Michonne. And I mean, I stopped watching the show once, um, spoiler alert, once Rick left the show, um, I stopped watching, even though I like kept up with what was happening with um, Michonne and Denai's, uh character, but I wasn't invested in it in the same way because I was just like, oh, she's going to leave soon too. Like it's, and the show just had went like downhill for me at that point but to see like that they have a child together and oh my god it was it was everything so Rick and Michonne and okay guys this is probably still like a little hard for me to talk about but Jamie and Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones (sighs) just another beautiful beautiful example of enemies to lovers and like that slow burn like the slowest of slow burns (laughs) really meant so much to me like it 
may seem weird to say that, but I mean, TV for a really long time and movies was just like my saving grace. Um, and just having someone like Brienne, like obviously Brienne and like Michonne are just like characters that I identified with. Um, like I mentioned, if you go back to the first episode of the podcast, what about your friends? Like when we talk about TV representation, I mentioned just like identifying with the best friend character and identifying with the more sort of tomboyish, strong, you know, character, the person who wasn't um, like overtly feminine. Cause like that wasn't ever a way that I had felt about myself or, you know, whatever growing up and even now, but um, you know, I've learned to embrace and embody both my masculine and feminine sides, but that's also a topic for another uh, podcast episode. But yeah, just like Michonne and Brienne, like I definitely identified with so much. And the fact that like for so long, their characters were just lauded as like, they're the warrior and they're like just super strong and they're independent, which yes, they are. But like even being independent does not mean you don't need support. It means like you're self-sufficient, but you know, you still want support. You still want companionship. So I love that the shows finally took their characters in a direction where yes, they were strong, but they were also able to be vulnerable. They were also able to love and to share and to express that with um, others, not just romantically, but in friendships as well. But in this case, we're speaking about the romantic pairings, but oh my God, like, the slow burn of Jamie and Brienne, like when he saved her, spoiler alert, and lost his hand for it. And oh my, and then in the baths, like the baths, guys, that scene in the baths. Oh. <sighs> and then eventually, like towards the end, and I'm still not over how they ended that series. And it really, it really fucked me up the way they just completely just shat on the last season. But, um, just the way that like he came to Winterfell for her. He came to fulfill a promise for her. Like Jamie's character growth, like would be nothing without Brienne. And like, yes, she has her own character growth and her own story. And she completely stands on that, like on her own as a character. And um, yeah, but like his character growth would be nothing without Brienne. And the fact that like he wanted to be, this version of a knight that she saw in him just truly, truly just set me, set me over. Like, I love that so much. <laughs> like people wanting to be the best versions of themselves, like the most authentic versions of themselves for someone that they love. Like, uh, yes, please give me, give me, give me more. Um, who else? Okay. Enemies to lovers. I know this is a problematic pairing, but I would be remiss if I did not mention Ian and Mickey from Shameless, the U.S. version of Shameless. Um, They've obviously come a very long way, and I love this pairing. I only watch the show for this pairing, which honestly, for a lot of these shows, I only watch for the pairings. And thank God for YouTube and people who like take out these specific scenes with these characters and compile them um, so that you can just watch (laughs) their scenes together and that uh, particular story development over time, which has been so good. But I did actually watch 
The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. But um, Shameless, I really just watched for Ian and Mickey and still check in to this day uh, for Ian and Mickey's stuff just because, yes, they're problematic. Yes, they have like hella issues between the two of them and just like as a couple. And yes, they're also like young and all this stuff that whatever their characters are meant to represent. But when Ian got his bipolar diagnosis, like the complete 180 of Mickey as a character in terms of how he was able to express his love for Ian and how he was able to care and be vulnerable. I mean, oh my God, it was so beautiful to watch and it's so heartbreaking. Like all of these pairings that I've mentioned so far have also been like super fucking tragic, which... (laughs) I am someone who I am definitely a romantic. I'm definitely, I call myself a closeted romantic and just, you know, I live for that kind of intensity of these pairings and just like, we don't know if we can be together. We don't know if it's going to happen. We don't know what it's going to look like. So, you know, I'm still learning to like live in a space where like, that's okay for like fictional TV characters, but like in my own personal life, less drama, more just like peace in relationships and less like whatever my endless love type shit. But um, yeah, Ian and Mickey, so, so beautiful in their relationship character development. Also like a slow burn. It was always physical between the two of them where Ian, you know, clearly had um, romantic feelings for Mickey and Mickey did as well, but just, you know, for obvious reasons within his household and, you know, the homophobia and all this stuff, the abuse that he underwent through his father, like could not openly love Ian until like he got the courage to just be himself and live and love openly. And of course, like that didn't make their, their relationship troubles go away, but it just sort of solidified them as like a couple. And when Ian again went through his like bipolar um, diagnosis and was going through his manic phase and the show, I think did a really awesome job of showcasing what that could look like for some folks who go through um, or live with bipolar disorder. It's like, uh, it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. And I mean, obviously drama, the breakup. I mean, I don't, I don't count that stuff. Like when the breakups happen, I'm just like, nope, just Fast forward. I don't, I don't care about that, but um, let me think other enemies to lovers. Do I have any more of those? Nah. Oh, 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 oh. Who was I going to say? Um, um, also Angel and Cordelia fucking hell. Yeah. Like I still have not probably will not ever forgive the angel writers for how they fucking played Cordelia and the weird shit that they did between her and like Angel's son, like unnecessary, but Angel and Cordelia, yes, slow burn, enemies to lovers, chef's kiss, if the writers had actually carried through on it. And um, other, let's see, friends to lovers, um, Joey and Pacey, like, come on, Dawson's Creek. Like, again, as I mentioned, being like that sort of girl next door, best friend, like Joey, ultimate girl next door best friend and for her to be like so in love with Dawson and then to like just realize that oh shit like here's Pacey and he's been here somehow this whole time but like 
I wasn't seeing him and he wasn't seeing me. And it just was so perfect. Like, yes. Also, Brian and Justin from Queer as Folk. Again, I know problematic for so many reasons, but one of my favorite OTP one true pairing couples. I love Brian and Justin so much, so much. And um, who else do I have on my list? Nathan and Haley from One Tree, from One Tree Hill. <laughs> and I'm like aging myself because these shows are like so old but is there anything better than just like the super smart like sarcastic girl and like you know the handsome whatever perfect whatever asshole jock just like falls in love with her but like she doesn't compromise herself she stays strong she stays smart and like he realizes that he needs to level up to her level and to her standards, right? That like his popularity is essentially like shit doesn't mean anything if he can't like match her on like a day-to-day life or like on a future potential of like, where are we going with this? Cause like Haley was not with the shits. Um, yes. Love that so much, so much. I truly, truly, truly live for these slow burns and, you know, honorable mention, Suki and Eric Northman from True Blood. Fucking love Eric Northman. Um, The books, I think the books were, for me, better in showcasing that dynamic and that relationship, whereas the show just did not really do it justice for me. But Suki and Eric, enemies to lovers. And um, I'm sure there's like a ton more, but I cannot think of them and I try to think about them and write them down and it's so funny where like I've been watching tv and like been obsessed with tv for years but the minute like I had to make a list I was like uh just my mind just went blank which of course of course why not why wouldn't it do that but um those are like my favorite tv couples and if there's like any more then I'll mention them on like Instagram when I post about this episode. Oh, oh my God. Okay. And Isak and Evan from Scam, which is a Norwegian show, which has so many iterations now. There's a French version of the show. There's an Italian one. There's a Dutch one. There's a German one. There's a Spanish one. I mean, Scam is like the shit. Um, And Isak and Evan... Again, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. (laughs) But yeah, so romantic movies, because, you know, this is Valentine's Day weekend and I am talking about uh, romance and romantic couples and pairings. Some of my favorite romantic films, and I'm not necessarily talking about... um, the couples, but I guess it, it is the same, right? If it's a romantic film, it's because it features a romantic pairing. But some of my favorites are Love and Basketball, like cult classic, especially in the um, canon of like black films, but like it should just be in the canon of like all films and love, you know, romance movies especially, but love and basketball is just 
so fucking good. And yes, upon reflection, when you watch things back as like an adult and you have more perspective and like understanding, you you obviously are just like, mm, was that the way to do that? But these are all fictional characters. These are fictional stories. And so it's whatever. Okay. And <laughs> going to tip this once again. Um, heat came back on, y'all. So grateful to have heat. It is I think like 25 degrees Fahrenheit here where I am right now. So yes, it is cold. And yes, it is a blessing to have heat, no matter how loud the radiator gets. But um, as I was saying, Love and Basketball, one of my favorite films. I identified with Monica so much, even though I don't play basketball or any sport, um, really. And uh, just that scene, like at the end where she's just like, I'll play you. And it's just... Uh, it's so yes problematic in the real world because you know he was engaged so that's you know not right and I don't advocate or condone like you know cheating or trying to talk to someone who's in a relationship but once again these are all fictional characters in fictional films um and you know not any sort of basis for like how one should really act in real life but just that scene of her like playing him and uh, it was just that vulnerability and him like winning, but still, oh my God, just, just knowing like, like she is the love of his life and who he, you know, wants to be with and stuff. Like, it's just uh, one of my favorites. Um, also another film is Weekend and it's a British film. It came out in 2011 and it's just so good like it really just takes place over a weekend and it's just like you know you all have like those serendipitous moments where you just meet someone at like the exactly the right time but also like the wrong time it's just like they spark something in you like some sort of awakening into like who you are like who you could be or what it is that you want in just such a genuine way and that is really what that film is about it's just like connection and I've seen it so many times and it's definitely like just one of my favorite films and you know it is a romance and it doesn't have like the stereotypical like happy ending it just kind of ends and everyone goes about their life but um it is so good and um an old school one Legends of the Fall which isn't really like it features romance, but it doesn't have a romantic ending at all. But it is also like one of the films that sparked the um, love affair between me and Brad Pitt that still continues till this day. Like he is one of my soulmates. I absolutely know this to be true. And one day we shall meet and, you know, the rest will kind of take care of itself. <laughs> but Legends of the Fall, like I love like those old school romances like those romance films from like the 90s and early um aughts that are just like now you're kind of like never would I ever but there's just something about them that just like feels so good and like you know like you're curled up in bed with like a blanket and you know you got your candles and you have a bowl of popcorn it's just something so um comfortable about them and it's like those romantic films you've seen over and over again like I like pretty woman I love pretty woman like love like yes I know it's unrealistic okay whatever but yes like fucking 
climb my fire escape with some fucking roses. Like, yes, please do that. I want that. Um, Another honorable mention would be The Wedding Planner. Love The Wedding Planner. Probably my favorite J-Lo film. (laughs) It's just so good. Like rom-coms, like I should do a whole other episode on like rom-coms and probably how they've set, you know, I don't know, women back or whatever, but also all these unrealistic expectations on how romance and relationships work. But again, no one should really be basing their real world life on any of these films. Um, but so many of us have, cause we grew up watching them, but um, yeah, I love, love, love those um, more honorable mentions. End of the century is actually a Spanish film. That is not the name of it. That's the English language name of it. But again, and similar to the weekend, just another serendipitous sort of meeting between these two men. And it happens like, once in the past. And then again, like 20 years in the future. And there's just something about that for me that I don't know, it's just, it it just hits a soft spot for me, this feeling of like fate and, you know, they're not being coincidence and that the people who come into your life come into it for a reason. And, you know, I, I just live for that type of shit. Um, also this film called 45 days away from you. And it's actually, it's a Brazilian film and that's also not the name of it, but that's the English language name of it, 45 Days Away From You. And it's like, I guess I would call it a romance even because it's about a relationship, but it's like about like recovering from the heartbreak of a relationship and this, you know, the people and the friends that this, um, the main character goes to like meet and um, spend time with and just rehashes like his relationship and his breakup but it's still something so incredibly sweet about it and so tender and I've I watched it once but like it's I don't know it's just stayed with me like you know there are just some films you watch and they just stay with you and you don't really need to see them again but you're just like oh okay I think like I'm just slightly changed a little bit after having uh watched this but um that is one of them and also Eisenstein in Guanajuato, or no, Eisenstein in Guanajuato. Sorry, y'all. It is a Mexican film. And also, so good. Like, <laughs> I love like random um, international films. Like, I love, love, love international films. And, um, and I, yeah, and you have to watch them like with just like the subtitles on, even though. Um, Eisenstein is in English. Um, but yeah, so that film also so good. It is based on a real person, a real film director, I believe is a Russian film director. And, um, it's just about like a sort of reimagining of a trip that he took to Mexico to film this, uh, movie back, I believe is probably like the 1930s or forties or something. But in this reimagining, it talks about like this love affair that he had with his guide. Um, but in su- like the film is just shot in such a way that like I love it, and I've seen it <laughs> several times. And it is like a romance that doesn't end again. It doesn't end in a happy ending, which another like um, trend in the films that I tend to watch and love. Like they don't end like quote unquote happily ever after. But there's always just some sort of lesson gained from it and just like the main characters are just so transformed 
through the love that they experienced and received. And I think that is what I am drawn to in romantic pairings and TV and in film is just the transformation that the characters undergo through love. And yeah, I just, I love it. I love it so much. And I, I think a lot of the pairings that I mentioned that like that happens. And I mean, like maybe it happens in all films in some way or another, but I feel like not really. Cause like in the wedding planner and what else did I mention? pretty woman i mean i guess there's like some sort of transformation but like not really but definitely if you look at pairings like rick and michonne and jamie and brianne and ian and mickey and even in the films like weekend and love and basketball end of the century like they're those you know the pairings in that like even if they stay together or they you know part from one another have been irrevocably changed just through their being together and the experience of love with that other person. And I mean, isn't that kind of like the point, right? Of it all of, I don't know, of love and this life and relationships. And of course, you know, this is going to come out the day after Valentine's day, but I, once again, am recording this Valentine's day weekend and just like the sort of transformative power of love And that can be experienced romantically, platonically, familially, like in all areas of our life where if we allow ourselves to be, we're constantly being transformed and reborn and just, I don't know, um, changed by love and by loving someone and by letting others love us as well. And, you know, we can have that even without having someone to share this day with, you know, quote unquote. And I don't know if this is a a global holiday. I don't think it is, but, you know, it's a marketing holiday or whatever. But, um, you know, we can all make space and room for love in our lives every day. And you know how I am. I'm a huge proponent of self-love and, you know, having that foundation and that core and, from there, you know, when you are able to love yourself unconditionally, you're then able to reflect that love outwards into the world around you and into your environment. Um, and, you know, what's more beautiful and special than that? What's more loving than that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you guys will tell me. But um, yeah, that's kind of all I have uh, for today. I'm going to wrap this up because I know the heat's going to come back on. It's just going to ruin the sound again. And, you know, Mercury retrograde has been very generous with me um, on my fourth attempt to complete this solo episode. (laughs) But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Please let me know and share with me what are some of the romantic pairings and couples that you all love um, from TV, from film. Um, If you like or admire any of the same ones as me, like definitely let me know and um, please comment on the social media about that and stuff. And yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful, beautiful um, weekend and a happy Valentine's Day. And I hope everyone has a beautiful week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to The Brownstone with Jara Monique. I'm your host. Once again, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. And you can also share our post on social media. Um, Or you could just tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a coworker, tell a lover, 
tell anybody and everybody um, about the show with that, you know, crazy girl with the big laugh. (laughs) But yeah, love you all. Have an amazing week and I will see you next week uh, with a brand new episode. So bye y'all.